just finished closing the books for the year, and you were delighted that you had done $1 million worth of business during the year. And a couple of weeks later, you're talking to a friend of yours who also owns a paint store, sort of on your side of town, and you're talking and and you ask him how business is going, and he says, well, in a couple of weeks we'll close our books, and it looks like we're going to be doing about $3 million worth of business this year. And you're grateful he doesn't ask you how your business is going. So you go back to your store, you sit down at your little office, and you start thinking. He has a paint store, I have a paint store. We generally have the same quality of paint. We have paintbrushes and everything that goes with the painting business. We're in the same side of town. So we're drawing generally from the same clientele. And yet he's doing $3 million worth of business, and I'm only doing $1 million. He's doing something that I'm not doing. Let's switch that to a church. Let's suppose that you, yes, you, are a pastor of a Baptist church. We'll leave the Presbyterians out of it for the minute. But you're the pastor of a Baptist church. And you're talking to a friend of yours, another fellow Baptist pastor, who's pastoring a Baptist church on the same side of town as you are. And you're talking and how are things going and so forth. And he'll say, man, we're so excited. We just finished our missions conference, and we've raised $100,000 for missions this year. And you go back to your church, and you sit down in your office and say, wait a minute. We give $10,000 a year to missions. They give $100,000 a year to missions. Our churches are about the same size. We're on the same side of town. We draw from the same general community of people, and yet his missions giving is $100,000. Ours is only $10,000. He's got to be doing something that we're not doing. More than likely, that something is faith promise giving. Tom Telford I called him one day. Tom is a representative for mission organizations. And uh, Jim Reepson, who used to be the editor of uh, Evangelical Missions Quarterly, had written an article, and he called Tom to get the names and amounts of money of the 20 churches in America that give the most money to missions. 20 churches. Most money for missions all across the country. And so Tom started writing down his list, and he ended up with 23, because there were five or six churches that were very, very similar. And so uh, Jim wrote the article. When I read the article, I called Tom, and I said, I'm curious, of those 23 churches that give the most money a year for missions, how many of them use faith, promise, plan of giving missions. He said, 20. 20 of the 23 use faith promise plan of giving for missions. 
And he said, of the other three, two of those used some form of the faith promise giving. And the third church automatically gives 50% of all of its money to missions. So 20 of the 23 use the faith promise like you're starting to do. The other two use a hybrid faith promise. So generally, except the one church that gives 50%, all of them used faith promise. That's the difference. I have been working in missions low these many years. 60 plus now. I started when I was five. (laughs) So I've traveled a lot. And I've spoken in over 50 churches. More than that. So I have some experience about faith promise. Let me first of all give you some myths about faith promise very quickly and some truths about faith promise. There are two or three or four myths that people always have when you talk about faith promise. They say, well, you have to be a large church before this will really work. That is not true. I've been in churches of 40 or 50 people that use faith promise very successfully, as well as large churches. So that, that's a myth. That's not true. The second myth is, well, if a church gives a significant amount of money to missions, they've certainly got at least one or maybe two really wealthy people in the church who give maybe 80% of the total to missions. That, too, is not true. And some people think, well, there might have been a member who is deceased now who left some kind of legacy fund or trust fund to be used. Almost always, always, those are set up very, very specifically for specific needs that are detailed in the trust or the legacy. So that doesn't work either. But here, listen to these truths about faith promise. First of all, faith promise is not a pledge. When you make a faith promise and at the end of the service, we've got the globe here with the top cut out and the faith promises are going to be put inside the globe. I think it's a great idea. Uh, But this is a promise between you and God. This is not a pledge. No one, hear me, no one in the church will be calling you any time during the year or writing you a letter asking you where your faith promise is. Totally different. Number two, faith promise is not part of your tithe. Your tithe totally goes to the church in its ministry. Faith promise is totally separate from that. So don't mix the two. Don't think, well, I'll take 75% of my normal tithe and I'll give that as tithe and take the 25% that's left over and make a faith promise. Doesn't work that way. Number four, you don't have to wait until your ship comes in. (laughs) Do you hear about the guy that said, I waited until my ship came in and when it finally came in, I was out at the airport. You don't have to wait till your ship comes in, but I've heard that a lot. Well, as soon as we can pay off the mortgage, then we'll make faith promises. 
Well, we've got a couple of kids still in college, so as soon as we get them through college, we'll be able to make a faith promise. Or as soon as I get a better job, I'll be able to make it. It doesn't work that way. You can make a faith promise anytime. A faith promise is not a cure-all for bad business decisions or mismanagement of your resources. Faith promise is not a cure-all for your unwise choices in what you do with your money. But I've met people that are deep in debt and they think, well, if I make a really super big faith promise, that will sort of obligate God then to get me out of debt. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. And listen carefully. If something catastrophic happens during the year after you've made a faith promise, some horrendous amount of medical bills, or maybe the good job that you've had all of a sudden disappears and you're living on food stamps, God knows that and God understands that. And so, please understand, if something catastrophic happens during the year that eliminates most or all of your income, God understands that if you can't meet your faith promise. God knows about that. Now, if that designer group of clothes that normally costs $1,500 and now it's on sale for 1000 I don't think God would consider that a catastrophe. But at the close of the service, we'll be receiving the faith promise uh, cards. And I ask that you would continue praying about that. And, uh, and you obey what God is saying to you. Obey what God is saying to you. Now, let me quickly give you some examples of the way that churches have used faith promise or individuals have had their faith promises supplied. I've got a whole bunch of them. I'm going to zip through them, so listen quick. All of these churches, all of these examples, I know about personally. There's a little church in Terre Haute, Indiana, that was started in 1956 with a small group of people of 10 or 20. The very first year they started, they had a missions conference and started using faith promise. For several years, there were almost as many missionaries there for the conference as there were people in the audience. It was a very small church. Their first faith promise was $2,000. In 15 years, the church was still small, but their faith promise was $129,000, 10 years. And the year that they had their record attendance of 299, their faith promise was $135,000. There's a church over in Birmingham some of you know about, Briarwood Presbyterian Church. Started in a storefront downtown Birmingham with just a little group of people The very first year, they had a missions conference. Their faith promise for that year was $6,300. God continued to grow the church. And in 10 short years, 
they had grown in their faith promise from $6,300 to $240,000 in 10 years. Two years later, the faith promise had increased to $425,000. And the church regularly now gives between two and two and a half million dollars to missions every year, and it's all through the faith promise. In fact, they have two budgets. The local budget for missions locally, which is totally separate from the faith promise budget. But the faith promise budget is over two million now. There's a church in or- excuse me, Orlando that I was in and helped them get their missions started and their faith promise. Their first year, their faith promise goal was $25,000, and they received $34,000 that year. The second year, the goal was $40,000, and they received $49,000 that year. The next year, the goal was $60,000. And an interesting story, uh, the pastor loved to go out to lunch with the businessmen, and so he was just a little, a few days after the missions conference was over and they had collected their faith promise cards, uh, the, the businessman asked the pastor what the total was. And he said, well, it looks like, he said the total was $60,000. But he said uh, there was one card in there for $20,000. And he said, we figured, well, some kid just wanting to be smart and having some fun. And so this kid filled out the card for $20,000. So we're discounting that from our total. And the businessman looked over at the pastor and said, I'm the kid. (laughs) The pastor about choked on his steak and couldn't eat any more. The next year, their faith promise giving was $125,000, faith promise. There's a little church up in the middle of nowhere in northern Ohio. called. It's in a little town called Alger. I know you all know where that is. <laughs> it's hardly on the map. It's one of those little crossroad country towns with a yellow flashing light near the elementary school, and that's it. I was there with the pastor. I'd been with him in another church, and then he moved to this little, small little farm town, Alger, Ohio. He, had a, he wanted to get missions started, so he decided to have a preliminary missions conference leading up to the, main, uh, the first one the next year. So I was there with him. It consisted of a dinner on Saturday, Saturday night in the basement of the church, and Sunday morning. At dinner that night, there were eight people. If we had counted the pastor and his wife, it would have grown to 17 because they had six kids. (laughs) But they weren't counting in the total of eight. Eight people. It was a small, dinky little church. The next year, they had their first faith promise. The goal was $2,500. That year, they received $10,000 in their faith promise. The next year, the goal was $15,000. They got $23,000. The next year, 
the goal was 25,000, they got 31,000 in their faith promise. And it ultimately grew to almost $50,000 with about 75 people. Faith promise. There's a little church in McGee, Mississippi. I know you know where that one is. McGee, Mississippi. Little country town. Little over a hundred in attendance at the church. I was there for their first missions conference. And the, the pastor was a just a good old country Mississippi boy. And uh, so it was Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday morning after the breakfast at the church, the pastor said, let's go downtown and talk to the people. So we went down downtown. It was about two blocks. And the pastor knew everybody. And he literally took me into every store for those two blocks on both sides of the road, street. And we went into the barber shop. Lots of men in there that morning, you know, getting their hair trimmed. And he greeted everybody, introduced me. He knew them all. Introduced me to every single person in the barber shop. After we left the barber shop, he smiled and he said, I tell you what. He said, you could drop a piece of gossip in that barber shop, and in 30 minutes, it would be all over the county. <laughs> but that little church, less, just a little over 100 people, they had set a goal for their first conference of $5,000, hoping at least to get 3000 You can imagine their excitement when they got $14,600. This works, folks. This works. Churches of all sizes utilize faith promise to generate wonderfully large amounts of money for missions. So, how does God enable us as individuals to meet our faith promises that we believe, excuse me, that we believe God would have us give for missions, for work around the world, and locally as well. Well, I've discovered the first way that we hear most about is some unusual, unexpected, out of the blue, what we would call miraculous way that God supplies an amount of money which almost always is equal to our faith promise that we've made. One friend made a faith promise of $500. He didn't know where the money was coming from. Five days later, he opened an envelope and there was a check in it for $504 for a debt that he had long since forgotten. But the person remembered it and sent him a check, which was the amount of his faith promise, which he used for his faith promise. In California, a man shared that he had made a faith promise for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And a couple of days later, his insurance man called him and said, we need to have lunch together. And the insurance man said, you know, that insurance policy I wrote for you two years ago, he said, you've been paying the monthly premiums regularly, and we thank you. But he said for, there was a glitch in the office and for these two years, your insurance policy hasn't been enforced. So he said, here's a check 
to cover all of the premiums that you have paid up to this time for two years. The insurance, the company is embarrassed and apologized. The exact amount of his faith promise. See, totally unusual, unexpected, out of the blue. There was a couple, I think, in Alabama who were putting money aside because they knew they needed a new roof in a couple of years. And so every month they'd put a little bit of money aside to cover the cost of the roof so they could pay cash for it. A couple of years later, a hailstorm came through. Totally destroyed their roof. The insurance company paid for it all. And the money that they had been setting aside each month to pay for the roof was the amount of their faith promise. There was a contractor in Lexington, Kentucky, we talked to one day. He had made a faith promise of $500, but in addition to that, he had a bank note of thousands of dollars. He had a small construction company. He made his faith promise on Sunday, Wednesday, the following week. He had a call from a company that he had put a bid on for a job, and they said, we accept your bid with one exception. We want you to increase your bid. It was the exact amount that he needed to pay his bank note and his faith promise. The exact amount. God honors us. Chris was missions chairman at the church in Florida. She also taught a Bible study for new believers. And so about a week before the missions conference started, she was telling these new believers about the faith promise that they used in their church for missions and explained it a little bit. And so a couple of days later, she got a call from one of the ladies in her Bible study, just a brand new Christian. And the lady said, Chris, explain that faith promise thing to me again. So Chris, Chris lined it out. She said, okay, that's great. I got it. And Chris said, what do you mean you've got it? Do you mean you understand? Or She said, no, no, I got it. I got it. Chris said, what do you mean? She said, well, you explained how we, we were supposed to make that faith promise. So I already filled a card out. And a couple of days later, my husband came home in the evening and he said, guess what? He said, my boss called me in this morning and said there had been a glitch in their figuring and they had failed to pay me a bonus this year that was due me. said, here it is. Look at this, a check. She said, honey, sit down. I think we have something to talk about. She said, you know, I've become a Christian and I'm going to this church now and they're having a missions conference and they do this thing called Faith Promise and I filled out a card already and she said, I think this check, the money here is the answer to my faith promise. The husband did not go to church. But he said, well, okay, how much of it do you need? She said, all of it. The exact amount that she needed. There was a seminary student in Toronto. He was excited about missions. He went out to lunch one, a couple of days after the missions conference was over with one of the businessmen in his church. And they were talking about the missions conference. And this guy in seminary said, you know, I'm so excited about missions. He said, I hope to be a missionary someday. 
And he said, I filled out a faith promise card for $600. And the businessman almost went nuts. He said, that's crazy. He said, I know you. He said, I know you do not have any money. You can't even pay your seminary bills, much less a $600 faith promise. He said, that's crazy. And the businessman took his checkout book, wrote a checkout for $600, handed it to the seminary student, and said, here, go pay your faith promise so it won't bother you the rest of the year. Out of the blue, unexpected faith promise. But that used to trouble me. Because Charlotte and I had made faith promises for years. And we had never, ever had that kind of experience. Never. Nothing out of the blue. Nothing unexpected. Nothing miraculous. Nothing unusual. Nothing. And yet, year after year, we had been able to give to the Lord. In our missions, giving and faith promise. So as I studied about this more and talked to other people and read, I discovered there are two other ways that God uses to help us with our faith promise giving. The, the second way is making, being willing to make some alterations and adjustments in our lifestyle. Now, I know some people have cut it down to the bare bones and they're on a very limited budget. I know that. So I don't think God expects those people to make a faith promise of $10,000 or $5,000. God understands that. But for many of us, we can make some just even little small adjustments in our lifestyle. One of my favorites is um, a man here in Georgia, over near Augusta, made a faith promise for $1,500. And uh, he didn't know how he was going to meet that. And as he was thinking and praying about it, he said, it's just like God said to me, okay, he said, you want to give $1,500 for your faith promise and you've been wanting to lose some weight. So he said, I'm going to help you. God said, I'm going to help you. Instead of spending money every day going out to lunch and spending seven, eight, nine dollars for lunch. Take your lunch in a brown bag. Save the money and that'll meet your faith promise. And so the man did that. For a year he took a brown bag every day to, with his lunch in it to the office. He generated over $1,500 in his pocket and lost 50 pounds in the process. He was happy. Very happy. Uh, one of our friends, a doctor friend in Kentucky, his daughter was at Furman, I think, in uh, med school. And uh, the first time True and his wife went down to the Furman to visit his daughter, she was also a pre-med major. And uh, she was said to her dad, said, you know, dad said, the, the guy that I've sort of been dating, his father's a doctor also, and he's coming to visit his, his dad is a doctor, and his dad drives a big Mercedes. Why can't we drive a Mercedes? And True said, well, we could afford a Mercedes if we want it. But he said, we have a different view of things. And if I don't drive it, now, please don't, if any of you own Mercedes, I'm not knocking Mercedes. 
please don't misunderstand. I wouldn't mind having one myself, actually. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, they were making adjustments in their lifestyle in order to free up money for missions. One of my favorite is Dear Lois. She's a dear friend. She was one of our secretaries in our home office in California. She was single, and her the only thing she enjoyed doing in life was shopping. Does that sound familiar? Every day after work, she'd go to the shop someplace, mall someplace. Or uh, on Saturdays. Saturdays are wonderful. The whole day at the mall shopping. She was just buying things on her credit card right and left, you know going deeper and deeper and deeper in debt, so deep that she had stopped giving her tithe and a faith promise wasn't even in the consideration. So God convicted her. She cut up her cards, disciplined herself not to shop, and soon was out of debt, tithing, and making faith promises again. Doing something to adjust the lifestyle. That can be also done. The third and final is creative ways that we can generate extra money. We stayed with a couple in Birmingham that go to Briarwood. Normally, they, as a couple, they made their faith promise. But this particular year, Alice felt impressed of God to make a separate faith promise for herself of $1,700. Her husband made one for the family as well. But hers, personal, $1,700. She said, as I filled the card out and wrote that amount that God was impressing on me, she said, my hand was trembling as I wrote $1,700 because I didn't have a clue where that was going to come from. And she said, later on as she was praying about it, God brought to her mind something she had enjoyed doing, and that was making ceramic pieces to give as gifts to people. And she said, I just felt God nudging me to, to start making ceramic things and selling them to meet my faith promise. And uh, she said, I did not advertise at all. I just started making them. People started hearing about it and started buying them. She said, within six months... I had already sold $1,800 worth of ceramics that I made, which went to my faith promise. I stayed in Mississippi with a family. They had an eight-year-old boy, Brian. On the missions Sunday morning when they were taking their faith promise, he was sitting beside his grandmother. His grandmother said, Brian, are you going to make a faith promise? He said, I don't know, should I? She said, yeah, I think so. He said, okay, how much should it be? She said, well, why don't you make a $1 a month? That'll be $12 for the year, and you can do extra chores and so forth, save all your money, and see what God will do for you. He said, okay, I'll just make it for $20. And so he did fill the card out for $20. I know the kid, $20. He got a big jar, put a note on it. Faith promise money. So all year, whenever he get to do a chore or somebody give him a birthday present or something, he'd put all the money in his jar. Quarters, nickels, dimes, food bills. At the end of the year, he dumped it all out, $20.75. 
He was thrilled. His mom said, well, wasn't that wonderful, Brian? He said, uh, you made your faith promise for $20. God gave you $20 plus 75 cents for yourself. He said, I'll just give it all. <laughs> the next year it was $40, and he made that. My favorite story, we were up in Pennsylvania, and the pastor had told me about this couple that we had lunch with. Frank and Bervella, they were in their late 70s. Frank had been a school teacher. So they were living in a very simple house on a basic teacher retirement. And their church started Faith Promise, so they made a Faith Promise of $200. They didn't really have that money extra. And so Frank had the proverbial green thumb. So he got an idea. We'll raise potted plants, potted flowers, see if we can sell them to generate money for our faith promise. So they did. And they sold over $200 worth of potted plants. So their giving had increased and they had switched from potted plants to strawberries and blueberries. The year that we were there with them for lunch, their faith promise had been $1,200. And he said, do you like to see how we do that? I said, sure. So it was kind of a hill up behind the house. They had a strawberry patch there and some blueberry trees. Very small, really. And we were walking along. He said, he looked at me. He said, young man, I was young then. He said, young man, do you know how many blueberries it takes to make a quart I said, no, sir, I don't, but I bet you do. He said, I do. 500, we pick them all by hand. 500 blueberries fills up a quart jar. That year, their strawberries and blueberries made over $1,200. And he said, oh, he said, we, we uh, tell people when they buy our berries, we tell them what the money's gone for. And he said, frequently, they'll reach back in their pocket and give us more money. <laughs> so he said, we win both ways. Now, miraculous, out of the blue, unusual, creative things that we can do to generate extra money, being willing to discipline ourselves and make lifestyle changes, all of those. Now, some of you are sitting there skeptical right now and you're saying, okay, I'll take the unusual out of the blue, I'll give that. But this changing my lifestyle or, or creating some ceramics, how's that faith? It is. When Frank and Bervella plant their strawberries and, and their blueberry trees, do they know how much it's going to produce through the year? No. Do they know if they'll have the right amount of rain and sunshine and soil and that no disease or blight will destroy their strawberries or blueberries? No, they don't. They simply by faith trust God that he will supply the right amount of sunshine and rain and keep the disease and blight out. By faith they do it. So, God is not limited. God is not limited. God can use a myriad of ways to enable us to meet uh, the faith promises that we make.
So, in a moment, we're going to sing Jesus Saves in the hymnal, 346, I believe was the number. Great mission song. And during that song, uh, we're going to ask you to come and just put your faith promise cards in the globe there. Some of you came already with your faith promise cards filled out, and that's fine. Maybe some of you waited till this morning to fill them out, and that's fine. It asks you to do that now. But for those of you that came maybe with your card already filled out, just let me say this. If God has been talking to you this morning, it's perfectly fine to scratch that number out and write a bigger one. God doesn't mind that at all. I was in a little church in Pennsylvania. You had to look real hard to find it on the map. Readers, Pennsylvania, near Stroudsburg, over in the east. There was a man that had already filled his card out at the beginning of the missions week, actually Wednesday through Sunday. So he'd already filled his card out. So after a couple of nights of the conference as I was speaking, he tore his first card up and wrote a new one for a bigger amount. And then Sunday morning at the close of the service, God was still speaking to him, so he tore that card up and wrote one for a bigger amount. And he was sharing this with me after the service. He said, you know, I've changed it twice already as I've listened to you speak. He said, I hope you leave soon. God will not be God will not be upset at all if you want to increase yours. But people of all ages, all economic backgrounds and economic resources currently, God can use all of it, big or small, for his glory and for his purpose. And so I really encourage you, it would be wonderful if all of you made some kind of faith promise for, for the missions outreach of Parkway Church, locally and around the world, with the missionaries that you support. Let's pray and then we'll sing. 346. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word and of these people and churches that take seriously the the need of the gospel getting around the world and want to do all they can do to help speed that message out. And so, Father, we look to you this morning in faith to enable us in however way you choose to be part of getting the gospel around the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand and sing, we'd invite you to come and put your faith promise cards in the globe, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you. Thank you.